well, here we go. I am clicking on the Zoom link that Ben has given me. And I am waiting for the Zoom to start. And so far the Zoom has not started, and so you're listening to me, Paul, just talking about how the Zoom hasn't started. And then I'm going to go ahead and join. And hopefully this will work out just great. And we will see as I join with computer audio if Ben can hear me. Hey, Ben, how's it going? I'm good. Paul Goody, how's it going? Um, it is going good. Uh, I'm going to... I'm writing to a friend so good will uh, add more after I am done recording this podcast. So, Ben, I'm going to talk for a second. Uh, Jennifer has noted that hearing people talk about their, their role-playing games is like listening to hear people describe their dreams. It's not uh, we that seem to great. talk about role playing a lot these days, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in this situation, my group uh, ran across this thing that's sort of a trap. It's a tree sitting on a tiny throne, and if you kneel before the tree, you have to worship it. The tree called Zod. Uh, no, but I like I like it. Uh, you know what? The tree is going to be called. I think the tree is going to be called Sod, S-O-D. Even better. That's that's going to happen. That's canon. Kneel before Sod. Uh, I'm going to say the tree's name. The tree's name is Sod. Well, I'll remember it. I'll tell him. I'll tell him after that because I don't want to be typing to it. But anyway, so here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I, how much do you know about Dungeons and Dragons uh, classes? Very little to nothing. There's a class called Warlock, where you have a, a Warlock patron okay. that grants you magic and things like that if you worship it. And he just wrote to me and said, can the tree, because right now he's a sorcerer who yeah. has uh, innate powers, and he said, can the tree become my Warlock patron? And I'm like, absolutely. Yes, so this is uh, this is great. And he's never going to listen to this, so I'll tell you. Um, you know, he got his, uh, his sorcerer powers because he was promised uh, as a worshiper for this river goddess. But he doesn't know that. So now he's going to be pledging his loyalty to this tree, which is then going to make a fight between the, the river and the tree. The forest and the rivers are going to fight each other. It's exciting. I can't wait to see it. Yes, exactly. Well, you won't see it because we don't oh, stream it. Right. We play it nope. uh, by ourselves, which is how things should be, Ben. <laughs> hey, uh, here's something interesting. Uh, yes, Paul. I, I now have learned that I can filter comments in my... You you didn't used to get to filter by keyword, but now I can filter by keyword uh, comments. Yeah. Uh, and so anything that says Ron Jeremy is now getting moved to the 
naughty filter area. I was actually just going to bring something up in regards to that. Oh no, what is it? It's not, I mean, I was, so, I subscribe to the subreddit Musical Jenga. Okay. And I was scrolling through Reddit one day, and who should I see but my friend of 20 plus years split-screened against a guitar on the subreddit Musical Jenga. Aha. And uh, you will know, you will be happy to know, that um, should you filter out all the Reddit comments to your desire, what's left was extremely positive. Oh, good. <laughs> good. It was well, like I, half and half. I needed this today. Half and half. What you don't want to hear. Well, and here's the, this is the thing about about the whole Ron Jeremy thing, right? Even though there are some people who are doing it specifically already knowing that he is in jail for sexual assault, which, yeah, like, you know, when did he get out kind of thing? Yeah. 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 Even though some people like that, a lot of people just know him as the, the funny sex man. Oh, look, it's the, it's the pudgy sex man. Here we go. The guy who can bleep his own bleep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> which um, I have never seen, by the way. I will so point that I, out. I am. I know I'm, that that's a thing, but I've never seen it. Oh, nor am I going to search that. I'm not. I'm not interested either. <laughs> but so here's the thing: is that I, I'm thinking about doing one of two things. Um, yeah. I'm probably not going to, but I'm thinking about it. That if I, as a follow, and the question is, what do I want TikTok to be? Do I want to become? A viral TikTok sensation? I don't think I do, right? Yeah. I think that I, I think that I, because it's it's work, it's extra work having to do all those things. I like the fact that I just have this one video that blew up, and that's all that I'm doing is I'm just sort of maintaining uh, that one video, and then I'm doing whatever I want to for everything else. I. If, oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. No, you finish your thought. Oh, I was going to say, if I were going to make a a send, a, like, a follow-up thing, it would be a rap song called Ron Jeremy. To the tune of. Which which would be similar to They Called Me, they Called Me Bruce. You remember that? Rick Springfield? Who, Mr. If Springsteen, heard... you're, you're a famous man. They call me Bruce. My if name I is heard Rick. it, I'd probably recommend uh, Rick Springfield. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably rec recognize it. Yeah, um, well, it's they call me Bruce. It's a it's a song by Rick Springfield uh, because he keeps on getting uh, mistaken for Bruce Springsteen. So it'd be like that. <laughs> um, that is not what I'm going to Bruce do, could, though. I don't think Bruce could definitely get Jesse's girl. However, if he tried, yeah. Um, I, you know, when I was in my 20s, you probably had this same thought, too. When I was in my 20s, and I, like, I just graduated from college with an acting degree, and I had, you know, I was on a TV show, I had a small part in a movie, I'm like, I'm gonna make it big, by the time I'm 25, I'm gonna be a big star, that's gonna be awesome, and that's what I want. Obviously, that didn't happen, and now that I, now that I'm in my mid-40s, and I have some perspective on life. I'm like, that would have been the worst thing to happen. To me. Exactly. Yes. Being famous in your 20s is when you want to do it, right? Yeah. But, but it's like, 
you you think about what happens to child stars, right? That whole that whole trope, child stars and all that, and you realize that you're not that much older. I mean, you are, but you aren't. And yeah. One of the things I'm sure that you've dealt with this too. You don't realize that acting jobs, even if you have them, like I'm thinking about, um, you know, I, all the commercial stuff I did, right? Which wasn't yeah. a lot, but I did. And, you know, the other things as far as, um, you know, like Cherub and <laughs> the coffee table, things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sitting around. <laughs> and if you don't have other skills and other interests and things that you've, you know, built your life on, it's just like when you when you when you haven't done anything and you're like, I'm going to become a professional writer. Well, okay, but you know, get used to being bored and or boring when you're not engaging in the thing that you've decided to build your life around. You know that and kind there of thing. is there is a lot of sitting around on set. Yes, um, I'm filming uh, a, a project now where there's a lot of sitting around for people, and I feel bad because I'm like, well, it must be boring to just sit around. But there's there is one lesson I learned, and I honestly I don't remember who told this to me, but uh, somebody who was in the, it might have been like Basil Harris, or, you know, something who's like really well-versed in the film industry and has a lot of wisdom to, to dole out. Oh, Keanu Reeves. Probably Keanu Reeves. When you Probably were Keanu Reeves. You know, when, yeah, when we when we had our little, uh, our, our, oh, I was going to say a bad word you can't say anymore. Um, when we, when we <laughs> Wait had, a second. Hold on. When you had your... Okay, what? so... So I there's, was there's one word you were going to say? There is a phrase that I have adopted that is I didn't that has I've been saying my entire life and I never really thought how much of an appro a cultural appropriation it was and I, I'm trying I, to correct my behavior. Okay. So I, I find wanna... myself still thinking about that word and having to stop myself and today I just like mentioned my thought process. So so the thing that was funny for me is imagining all until you said cultural appropriation which would narrow the field down I was I was really wondering what the back when we had our blank what that blank would be. Oh, I know what it is. I know yeah. what it is. Yeah, I don't even have to say so, it. You don't have to say it. It rhymes. It rhymes with itself, it. right? It rhymes with exactly. itself. Yes. Exactly. Ha -ha. Yeah, yeah, ha -ha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha -ha. So, I did it. Something I did I've been it. saying my entire life trying yeah. not to yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. I'm, dictionary of things. I'm with anyway, you. what Basil or Keanu Reeves told me <laughs> was um, when you're on set, it is okay to make people wait. It is not okay to waste their time. Oh. And so... Very good. Making people wait means, you know, you can, well, of course you know what it means to make people, somebody wait. Like, we're waiting for this setup to get ready or we're waiting for something to happen. Just chill over here. Yeah. We'll call you in a sec. You know, wasting somebody's time is, a, oh, we called you to set at 9 a.m., we weren't planning on using you until 4 p.m. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. I like that a lot. More people yeah. should know that. Yeah. Right, Edward? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, buddy. There's 
there's something else I was going to mention about TikTok, and uh, it, it's I, I follow Peter Sagal on Twitter. He's the host of the NPR show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yes, and of he, course, of course. He's an avid runner, that guy. He is an avid runner. He ruffled some feathers this morning because there was an article that came out where a TikToker who was about 13 years old, I think, um, um, had amassed a million plus, you know, give or take a few thousand followers. Mm-hmm. One of these followers... Uh, I'm guessing an older white dude showed up at this TikTok influencer's house. Remind you, she's a 13-year-old girl yeah. with a gun. And the father of this person, the little I know of the story from what I read on Twitter, well, what happened was the guy who showed up ended up shot and killed. Peter Sagal was like, this is a, what's up with these parents? Why aren't they taking this 13-year-old girl off of TikTok? It's obviously dangerous. He got he got a lot of blowback because he's like, that's victim blaming. It, it absolutely is. Yes, I would say so. Um, and then he had, he's like, I don't know where you go on Twitter, but uh, the, the, the parents are being irresponsible by allowing their underage girl to be on a platform, whatever. You know, to, to, yeah. to be like this, this, like where people are being... Uh, uh, where, where sexual predators are showing up to this person's house. How they got the address, I don't know. I don't, you know, this is just yeah. like reading. Find, finding reading the addresses is an interesting. I mean, you know, people get docs all the time, whatever. But here's the yeah. thing: uh, absolutely victim blaming. I, as a parent, right, do not want people showing up to my house because my my kid is there. I don't even want people showing up to my house because they're friends with my kid and want to hang out. I don't like people showing up to my house, Ben. I'm not I don't even want my it's, friends to show up at my exactly. house. Exactly. No one should show up at my house. I just want to stay in the basement and it's fine. Jennifer has pointed this out to me that I, I don't like socializing on paper, right? If it's, yeah. hey, Paul, do you want to go to this party? No, I do not. Right. I would like to stay here. But once you take me to the party, there's this party inertia thing that happens, and then you can't get me to leave the party. Because I'm talking to people, and I'm like, hey, what's going on, and stuff like that. So all of that aside, yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want my kid, while living at my house, to have any fans. That's, that's a bad... Which I think, but but here's my here's the other thing. My kid's 16, right? Just yeah. turned 16 wow, just recently. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Betty! I uh, that was on Monday, wasn't it? It was on Monday, which is pretty cool. Um, here's the thing. The the okay. I'm gonna tell a story, just a really quick one. Yeah. And in fact, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'll just I'll just tell this part. So so there is a mask mandate in Illinois that recently, if you remember, got the um, restraining order against it. Uh, And the plaintiffs who got the restraining order against the mask mandate don't have to abide by it. Right. It just so happens that there weren't any plaintiffs of that at, at my kid's school. So people all had to start wearing their masks again. Right. Yeah. Well, there is a committee in Illinois that votes on whether things are good laws or not. I don't know how to describe it. Um, 
And but the basic thing is that they voted the mask mandate uh, couldn't be upheld anymore because it was an emergency mask mandate. They had an emergency meeting about it. They said, can this still be upheld? They said no. So now masks are optional. And there are a whole bunch of things about it. I did did a thing on TikTok about all the different things. Some things like they're like, okay, so we're confused. You said that parents couldn't come to school uh, because of COVID-19 restrictions. What about now? And they said... We're still trying our best to have social distancing and fresh air in classrooms and nothing about the question that was asked, right, in their FAQ. Can a parent show up? Nobody knows. Um, I, for one, am in favor of masking and social distancing and all that. Um, You can't go remote because you don't want to be around unvaccinated or unmasked people. You can only go remote if you have been exposed to unvaccinated or unmasked people in a way that makes so that's the thing is that you that the big one of the big things is that you can't exclude people right so there's yeah. a question if someone is symptomatic with covid uh do they do they have to leave the school and there were there were things there were actual like if they are vomiting or have a fever or are losing control of their bowels, they have to leave. But what if you're just sniffly? Who knows, right? Or you get the fever. Um, Then they say, do you have to wear a mask if you're symptomatic? And it says, if you are symptomatic, you are highly encouraged to wear a mask. Well, that doesn't mean that you have to. Uh, that, That kind of thing. Also, um, can someone change the seating arrangements in the room so that people are closer than three feet together. That was one of the questions. And it was like, uh, you should maintain a distance of three feet. I realized then social distancing in classrooms in Illinois is three feet. So there's that. That, so that's no social distancing at all. That's about how far the desks were apart from each other when I was going to school. And the people wanted, the people wanted to like, can we separate uh, the classroom to uh, unvaccinated, I mean, uh, uh, unmasked side and a uh, mass side. No. <clears throat> Can a student move if they don't want to sit next to an unmasked person? No. All these things, right? It, these are these are new rules based on on what happened. But here's the 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 big one was, uh, at, can I as a parent ask my teacher to make sure that my student remains masked? The answer, of course, is no. Right. Um, Teachers aren't babysitters. We like to treat them that way sometimes. But, you know, you as there's no school mask mandate. Right. Yeah. So you as a parent need to let your kid know and then they have to to do the thing. Now, what my concern, you know, talking to Betty, I'm like, hey, you know, please wear your mask. Uh, She just got her booster. Right. Oh, okay. But please wear your mask. It, it helps with safety and blah, blah, blah. And I was talking to a friend of mine who, who does, you know, child psychology stuff. Now, granted, uh, you know, grain of salt, this is me talking, not them. So it's my interpretation of what they said. But one of the things that they reminded me is that, you know, at being 16, 
two years away from being an adult, I need to start getting used to the idea that that she'll make choices that I don't agree with. You know, and that that really was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I had, of course, my immediate reaction, which it doesn't suck. Am I a bad person? Maybe. Probably not. But uh, <laughs> aha, that's right. I, w- I don't have any responsibility to her choices. No one could get <laughs> mad at me anymore. That's not what this is supposed to be saying, but that's also not really true. I mean, I get you know one uh, if an, a fresh eighteen-year-old makes a really really poor choice, and the parents like whatever, they're an adult. People are still going to be like, you may probably should have said something to your to your kid about making oh, yeah. smarter choices. Well, they can. Th- this is the thing: is that I, you know, Jennifer doesn't care what people think. <laughs> that's that's her. <laughs> Her, her, her big deal. Well, part of her. I mean, maybe she does a little bit, but but not a lot, right? I Very healthy attitude. I don't care what people think as long as I think I'm right. There is a, yeah. there's a small difference between... If I don't know what a situation is, I go off of people's um, opinions. But if I think that I'm right and they're wrong... My brain goes through this thing. Well, well, they're bad people. I don't have to listen to them and that sort of thing. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Anyway, yeah. yeah so, so that's a that's a thing that's happening. Um, yeah. We, uh, I would love our, it not to happen, but there you go. Our, go ahead. Sorry, our, our governor just had a press conference yesterday where he announced that mask mandate, well, not just mask mandates, but mask and vaccine mandates for indoor spaces in, in Washington state are going to be lifted in March 21st. There is so I will, about a month or now. I will now. tell you this. Some group of people somewhere decided that this is going to happen because the same thing's happening in Illinois. The same thing is happening uh, on the East Coast in certain areas that I know about. Yeah, March, the middle of March, is going to be yeah. no more mandates, no more I, things. So. I mean, I, like, I don't get why they're doing this, except my mind wants to be like, oh, the my Democratic governor is uh, crumbling to uh, bipartisan pressure, mostly from the east side of the state, where it's re- largely Republican, yep. for whatever reason. Um, I So I get that the mask mandates are going to be uh, uh, re- repealed. Now, they say that the... Uh, the, the, the rate of infection is trending downwards. I don't know. I don't follow that stuff. I just hear conflicting stories all the time. Like, you know, 3,000, 4,000 people a day die from COVID. You know, more people die from COVID per day than, uh, every day than died from the, you know, the Twin Towers falling. You know, what? Yeah, nobody's Nobody, nobody cares anymore. What I don't get is the repealing the vaccine mandate. I mean, you don't you no longer need to show vaccination status to go into restaurants. Again, I'm assuming that's a pressure from Republicans. Uh, but like I, you know, I still I'm not going to go to a restaurant, not going to yep. go to a movie theater. I mean, it's, previously It's absolutely true. Yeah. I felt somewhat safe because everybody had to show a, a vaccine card at the door. But now I'm like, screw it. I don't want to go. Yeah, and the thing is that your vaccine can protect you more. It doesn't protect you totally. And, Ben, I did a series on this 
Again, not saying that you should join TikTok and watch my TikToks. Because then, you know, when I say stuff like this, you'll be like, yes, I know, Paul, I already heard. Um, <laughs> I did a thing where I was like, okay, if I were managing COVID-19 as a risk, right? And and I saw what was happening with this, with this um, lessening of these mandates. It would go something like this. So you come to me and you say, hey, Paul, want to put in a risk? Saying if, because if then is how you do risks, right? If blank, then blank. The if is what you think is going to happen. The then is your consequence of what what's going to happen. So as an example, uh, if I buy a car th that has rust, then my car may not hold its value to me for as long as a car would or whatever you have to you have to figure out what your if then is right because yeah. you could have an if then that's this if i buy a car then it could have rust which is it's it is an if then statement but it's not really what you're worried about you're not worried about oh no what if i buy a car and there's rust on it because then just don't buy a car that has rust on it, right? Because you're <laughs> yeah. you're inspecting the car. So you're saying there's a chance that this car will have rust, and if I buy the car that has rust, this is the problem that will happen. So, in the same way, my home state, Illinois, has this if-then statement. This is me uh, back-engineering the if-then statement that they're using. If the population has over 20% infection, then we will enforce a mask mandate. Yeah. So the then is a consequence, right? And that's how they think of it. And I, as a risk manager, would say to you, you are not formulating this risk correctly. Because what, what the mask mandate is, is a mitigation. What, you're really, what your risk really is, is if people are exposed to COVID-19, then they may get COVID or long COVID, right? So that's that's your if-then. And then the mask is a mitigation. The mitigation can go after the if, it can go after the consequence. So, and I'm just using this as an example. I'm not an epidemiologist, and I'm, I'm not, this is not a full uh, risk analysis, but the idea would be this. So one mitigation, uh, well, I can do this with you. Uh, what's what's one thing you can do to to help stop COVID from infecting you? So get a get a vaccine. Get a vaccine works against the consequence, right? So getting a vaccine doesn't limit your exposure. Uh, we could we could argue that maybe it does. You know, if if people are less caring or whatever, but it doesn't but the, necessarily it limits the severity. It limits the severity. It limits the consequence, which is you will get COVID or long COVID. If you have a vaccine you have a less chance of that happening. Um, another one, wear a mask, right? Wear a mask uh, goes against the likelihood, the likelihood of exposure. If everybody's wearing masks, exposure, less likely. Uh, staying home also goes against exposure, right? So, so the idea would be, if we were, if we were doing this correctly, um, we would then choose a, a, a closure criteria, which is when blank this risk can be closed, right? Or we, we stop doing it. Um, 
now if if we do the thing with the if you're over a certain percentage, then we have to wear masks, it would be if it drops below a certain percentage, then this risk can be closed. We no longer have the mask mandates. That's how they're operating. They're like, oh, we don't have as many people with COVID anymore. We can we can drop uh, the 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 consequence yeah. can go away now. Whereas I know. Sh- oh, sorry. Go ahead. It, I think I was just about to say what you were about to say. It's frustrating because it feels like it's too early. We did this again. We did this last year where they dropped the mask mandates, and guess what? A new variant arose, and uh, infection the infection rate went up, and they had to institute the mask mandate again. They're they're pulling the mask mandates far too early. Right. And it's to placate the people who are like, I just want to get back to normal. Yeah. Um, you which, will not go back to normal. Again, there is, right, you're, there is no normal. I wanted to do a TikTok and I didn't, I decided not to because, again, this is the thing. What am I after? Am I after views and, <laughs> and controversy or do I want to, you know, just have a good time on the internet? Because I was going to do a thing where this guy is like, yeah, I just want things to go back to normal. Why won't they just let things go back to normal? And and then there's another guy. You know, I'd be both the guys. And I'd be like, exactly. I mean, you have to take your shoes off still. What's that about? And the no-fly list still exists. You can't figure out who's on it. Uh, you can know who's on it. You can know you're on it, but you won't know why. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, TSA still in charge faa used to make the rules and now it's the tsa all of a sudden and the guy's like what the hell are you talking about well i just want things to go back to normal i want to be able to go to the terminal to greet my parents when they fly back from hawaii exactly and somebody's like well that's never going to happen my friend and it's like yes exactly (laughs) this is what we're talking about um, a friend of a friend of mine posted on uh, social media when the pandemic first kind of got going and everybody realized it was here to stay and not really like a two week thing. Yeah, um, I remember when we thought we were just going to be home for two weeks. Okay, um, uh, <laughs> and I, I want to say this: never <clears throat> thought we were going to be home for two weeks. Always thought this <laughs> was going to be a long haul thing. And the reason we told people it was going to be two weeks is because we we're treating them like children. Oh, it's okay. It's only going to be two weeks. And then, yeah. oh, well, it looks like it's going to be four weeks. And then finally, when they're used to it, we say, okay, it's going to be six months. So Same thing this, here. So my friend posted on social media saying back in the early 80s when uh, the HIV virus was first discovered and started to be widespread, we thought that there would be a, you know, it's, it's just a, you know, a small matter of time until there's a vaccine for treatment and we don't have to worry about it anymore and and uh i hear that edward is agreeing with me edward where are you buddy what are you barking at okay and so that kind of put it into perspective where okay yes we have vaccines where it will lessen the severity of infection if you you should get it but we don't have a way to eradicate it yet. It's only been two years. In 20 years, in 30 years, are we gonna have, are we gonna be able to eradicate it like we did polio? Well, I don't think so. Uh, because we have people saying vaccines don't work, mass mandates don't work. Yeah, here's here's the thing I, I think about, and I don't know if I've ever told this to you, Ben, but I think you'll appreciate it. If there were a virus that was really good at infecting humans. One of the things that it would u- use against the human 
is its intelligence and its capability to uh, imagine things. And the virus would tell you that you shouldn't do any of the things that would keep the virus from spreading. I'm not saying that this is a science fiction virus, but people are behaving exactly the way that the people who get bit in the zombie movies are acting. I know. I'm not going to wear... You know, the, I'm, I'm not going to worry. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I did see that somewhere was like all these uh, conservatives who listen to Fox News are the and and don't want to wear masks or get the vaccine are the same people in the zombie movie who hide the bite when they yeah. get bitten from the rest of the group. Exactly. Um. Oh yeah. Speaking about that. Uh. Once again, your uh, your home country of Canada. I don't know. Can, can you can we explain it for the listener? Because I don't know if we've ever talked about it. Uh, we've made jokes about it before, but did we ever talk about where that came from? That that goes that goes back to my very first show at Annex, where we are one of our one of our warm ups was uh, the Hokey Pokey. So the cast would just gather in the black box, and we would we would just stand in a circle, and that would be our warm up before the show, doing the Hokey Pokey, and. Um, now, Carrie is this Ed the director? Is Ed the director of this one? Ed was Ed was the director. He was not there at the time, though. However, uh, I was standing next to Carrie Healy, who was our business manager at the time, still a very dear friend, and uh, she thought I said, I don't claim to say this, but she thought I said, and that's what it's all about. Oh. And started going around saying that Ben was a dirty Canadian. And it just, the more I denied it, the more people, the more people uh, believed it. So I just adopted it. So yeah, for my Annex family, it's my old Annex family. Nobody knows about it anymore, but you know, yeah, I was, I was a Canadian for the longest time. So, so yeah, that was, that was a good, that was, was that Forlorn or is that something? Yeah. Yeah. That was Forlorn. I, I remember this. We, we talked about this. The the little things, the, the little breadcrumbs that eventually ended up with me meeting you uh, <laughs> are are the the ads for um, what I, 10 Things I Hate About You. I didn't know that it was you, but when when you when you had your your the little clip, because and I, I think I mentioned this, the the are there sheep? Yeah. I think they used that line in Canada when I was there. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure, but I don't know. Now, it might be me recreating. Anyway, whatever it was, I saw the trailer, and when that line came, I looked at uh, Tracy, who I was staying with at the time, and I said, I don't need to see this movie now. That was the best part. (laughs) So I remember that. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. The forlorn posters... Whenever yeah. I would see it, I was like, "That's a that's an interesting pun that they're yeah. using on that." I should, and then, and then, yeah. Eventually, uh, I I went to Annex Theater because it's right by my apartment, and I was like, "Hey, I I just you know I'm interested <clears throat> in being involved with the theater here," and they said, "Well, you should talk to Ben," and that's how you and I met. Yeah, you said, I remember. "Yeah, you could do any, you know this or this," and I was like, "Ah, oh, no, not interested." And then I I think that's how that worked. Uh, did yeah, I help because, out? I don't think well, I did. I, no, I don't think he did. I was the house manager at the time, and Bruce Hall, who was the company manager, I don't remember yeah. what his... It was a, he, it was, he was, it was, he was, he was a actual, full-time employee. Yeah. Yep. The only time Annex has ever had a paid full-time employee, Bruce Hall did it for a while. 
And I come to the theater one day, and he hands me a printout of an email that you had sent. Oh, yeah. And he's like, this guy uh, this guy wants to volunteer. And I can't remember. I think I may have emailed you because I had your email address. I don't think I had your phone number. And I'm like, hey, I'm looking for people to run box office or concessions or whatnot. Uh, I don't think you did any of that because well, I wouldn't want to do any of that. Yeah, um, yeah. Even though I did it. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> I think... I don't remember exactly when you showed up. I, uh, uh, maybe it might have been the audition for ATF, or maybe like so. the, the workout, the pre the pre audition workout that we had. Let me ask you a question. Now, not many people listen to this uh, podcast, but the banquet license thing is that what Annex is still doing? No, we have a full on liquor. Well, actually. Honestly, I don't know if the liquor license has been renewed because we haven't sold any alcohol for two years. Well, let's let's. Can we talk about the banquet license thing? Because I think it's kind of ingenious in a okay. way. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing: uh, in Seattle, now to, you stop me when I get this wrong, but in Seattle, if you want to have a liquor license for a building, you have to do you know X, Y, and Z. But a theater puts on performances and those performances are limited in nature and they have a certain time period in which they happen. So you don't actually have to get a liquor license for your building. You get a banquet license for the performance that you're doing. Is that correct? For the event. Yeah. So yeah, for the if event. you, if you rent say a warehouse space and you want to sell booze, you got to get a banquet license for that event. But if you if you are if you are leasing something for a long period of time, you can just get a a regular liquor license. Yeah, I think I think banquet licenses have a limit on how many you can have per year. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite sure of that because I've never really had to deal with that. That's just sort of like what I've gleaned from people talking about banquet getting a banquet license versus getting a, a liquor license. Uh, yeah. That's very cool. And I'm I'm excited to hear when the next time you sell alcohol will be. <laughs> uh, maybe in March. Uh, ah. Who knows, man? No, no, but um, but this is the thing is that Annex I, I need to point this out. Annex Theater is not chomping at the bit going or champing at the bit, however they say. Champing. Uh, yeah. uh like oh can't wait. Can't wait for them to drop that mask mandate so that we can open up and give everybody COVID or whatever. It's <laughs> I know. Not so the we can way be the a super operates. spreader. Yeah. It's, uh, we had programmed an entire season that was going to happen in uh, 2020. And of course, you know, we got, I think, half a show in. We got into a build for one of the shows and we had to close. Um, but one of the shows I was really excited about. And uh, this is how real this is all becoming. Uh, the The writer of that show took it to a different theater and is and is mounting it. Now, granted, oh. the writer of that show took it to his own theater company. He he belongs to a different company in town and brought it here two years or three years ago at, and wanted us to produce it. And we accepted it because it was it looked like it was going to be a great show. Yeah. But now it's going to be produced by a different theater company. So I'm still excited to see it. I'm bummed we're not doing it. But also, well, who, I don't yeah, want to come see a play at Annex, and I'm here every day. Yeah. And who knows if that's even going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, all, yeah. as always, anytime they drop one of these mandates, it's great until I think – and I, this sounds dumb, but I think the way that this might go, you've heard it here, February 18th, 
2022 <laughs> at 6.42 Central Time. 4.42 Pacific. We may enter a situation where the powers that be for everyone's peace of mind to get everyone start saying, yeah, all the COVID cases have dropped off and anybody that gets COVID now will just have a really bad cold or respiratory infection. It won't be called COVID anymore. And they'll just treat it on an individual basis. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it may if people get too crazy. Also, well, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's just going to be a thing. We're going to learn to live with it. Um, I, th- I think w- years from now, we'll know more about how it affects people. We'll know more about how multiple exposures, multiple infections affect people. Uh, but I can see right now that it's just going to be one of those things where, like, you get your flu shot every year, you get your COVID shot every year as well. I want to say also that the 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 coming election in France is interesting. There, they have a big right wing push going on over there. Canada is having a big right wing push. It seems like here's the here's the one thing about the Ottawa <clears throat> convoy thing. Yeah. I've been telling people about this uh, since 1999. Whenever people are like, I wish I, you know, whenever there's a there's a thing going on in the United States, and they're like, I I hate I hate this. I want to go to Canada <laughs> where this kind of stuff doesn't happen. Now people are seeing, oh no, this stuff happens in Canada too. It's just that. I'm a little relieved that uh, Canada also has right-wing uh, uh, extremists. Like Amer- yeah. it's not that's just not an America thing or a United States thing. Yeah, but it's it's not great because they're networking. Yeah, the 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 groups are uh, networking. You know, it's together. one of those things where it's like it's a it's a it's a it's a minority of truckers. You know, yeah. I've I've heard I've I've not read I've not heard stories I've not read articles I've seen headlines which is how I absorb news other than I see headlines on Reddit. But one of the things is like you know ninety percent of Canadian truckers hate this. Yeah, well I've heard this. Um, there are American trucking companies that are no longer using that route, and so won't deliver along that route right now. That is a thing that I've heard that I've. I have I have faith in the source of that material that that is happening. So yeah, it's it's yeah. an interesting. I, I would if I were the Canadian trucking companies, I wouldn't like it. And then you know the thing that they that they do is they're like, this is your freedoms we're fighting for as well. Well, maybe, but I don't. It's it's if you look at it, it's the same playbook in Canada. The United States, Australia has the same thing, same talking points, all that. Yeah, it's well, it's I mean, interesting to watch it. Every every once in a while, you hear a story where it's like somebody found out that ninety five percent of all the posts on social media about about these pro trucker, uh, pro you know uh, Canadian convoy blockade is comes from like twelve. Accounts that are aren't yep. even based in Canada, you know, and and the big thing with that is that people, people like, 
I was going to say you and me, but you're not on Twitter, and I really don't do this because I... What do you mean I'm not on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. I mean, sorry. I tweet, I tweet at you every week. Uh, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Okay. That but, part you're But correct Twitter about. has it too. Here's the thing. I'm not saying that it's because, you know, this whole idea of having uh, superpowers because you have uh, a different neurological makeup. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's a problem. It's a big, dumb thing. But I will say this. Having worked for online communities in the past, I'll say this. I have a pretty good sense when things are fake on the internet. And the rule is everything's fake on the internet, Ben. Um, Every single one. So here's the thing. One of my, one of my songs, uh, you know, that did very well, or the only song that did very well on Twitter, ah, on TikTok, ah, <laughs> Um, they start with a T, whatever. They both start with a T. Uh, but there are people who do blind reactions to it. And I never want to call them out, but I, I can sense when someone is actually blind reacting when they haven't heard it before and when they're pretending that they haven't heard it before. And it's weird that people would pretend like they haven't heard it before, but they do it. They do it... Um, and you know, I I enjoy I enjoy seeing their reactions still, but I'm not uh, under the illusion that they actually just started listening to it for the first time. So yeah, the reason I bring that up is that trolls that you know there's different between angry people and actual trolls. Trolls are people that are not actually emotionally invested in what they're doing. They're pushing buttons. That's at least, Some you know, people just want to see the world burn. Exactly. Or they're making money doing that for, for someone they're getting right. paid for engagement and inflammatory things. So the thing that I was going to say, like I said, I, I'm not saying you and me, but people like us who don't like the things that the people are saying, spread it by saying, can you believe what this guy said? I can't believe, look at this person. And how much smarter I am than them, because they're dumb. Can, you know, that sort of thing. Um, have you on Twitter seen, for instance, the thing of, and they're usually white people making horrible food decisions? Just like, like incredibly insane, like spreading spaghetti all over their table and saying, this is the best way to, to that I have. Follow me for more recipes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I wouldn't say that I see that on on Twitter, but I have seen some of that on um, the um, subreddit r slash s food porn. You know, yeah, because there are groups of people that are doing this on purpose. They they don't they don't actually make food this way. But they make a video about actually making food this way, and they know that people are going to catch up with it and go, this is disgusting. Look at what these people... There's a group of people who are making cocktails in a toilet. Uh, that was Prison one of the examples. style. Um, well, I mean, the the idea is that they were at a party, and they're like, yeah, this, this works. I'm going to just dump this whole... Think of orange sherbet in here or whatever, you know, that, and, and then they yeah. scoop it I mean, out with a ladle. It's, it's the, you know, the people just want to get a rise out of other people. Exactly. 
And that's and the thing that that people don't get that I think you get, Ben, is that like an example somebody said to me before is if you read a news article about some event that you were at and you look at all the stuff that got wrong, that they got wrong about it. Imagine that someone was at an ev- every single event that they report on. The news that we see is at least at least when I was doing journalism stuff is the best approximation of what happened that you can get. You talk to a bunch of people, you you run it through your editor, your editor goes, "Okay, now you say this and this. These two statements conflict. You should call this person back, get a, you know, mention that that they said this, but this other person said this, which is it, you know, try to get everyone on the same page, like that sort of thing. I don't know if that's being done anymore, but it should be, right? We should still be doing that. But people, the the big thing is this, you won't get it right 100% of the time, but you try to get it as right as you can. And if you can't confirm something, you don't run it. That's... That's how things used to be, which is why at least at one point in time, when somebody was making up quotes for a newspaper, it was a big scandal. Like, I can't believe that this person was doing this because they're not supposed to do that. How can we trust uh, anything this newspaper prints anymore? Exactly. Ugh. Hey, so, just so, uh, just so yeah. I, I know you'd want to know, we got a couple of viewers uh, right now. Steven and Chris are with us. Hey, Steven oh. and Chris. So is it uh, Stephen McCandless, Stephen, or a different yeah. Stephen? No, say the 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 that very the very same. Is it and who is the Chris? Is it a Chris that we know? Yeah, or it's is a Chris it, you know? Is it Chris? <laughs> I'm gonna let you. Uh, uh, the first one I think it was Chris Adon. That's, no, that's it's the not first that Chris. Chris. No. Okay, um, Chris. Do I know any other Chris's man? Ben, don't do this to me. Chris. Chris, I apologize. As soon as Ben tells me what your last name is, I will, of course, know who you are. Um, is Chris saying anything? Is Stephen saying anything? <laughs> yeah, is it Stephen Chris says, Compte? Which Stephen? Is it, is no, it Chris it's not Compte? Chris Comp- no, oh. it's not Chris Compte. Sorry again, Chris. I'm sorry that I'm saying Chris's and then being disappointed. I, I'll tell you what, I'm glad it's not Chris Haddad or Chris Compte. I'm glad no, that both of them are not watching. It's it's Chris Nil. Chris actually called us uh, a couple of months ago when we first had the phone number and, Chris. and talked with us for a while. Yes, okay. And at the time that Chris was talking to us, <laughs> I, I did the exact same thing. Chris, I should, from this point on, I'm going to guess <laughs> that you're the Chris. Um, I, here's the thing that was stupid. I was going to name Chris's that I know from Illinois, Ben. No. Also, yeah. S- Steven's a little upset that you had to ask which Steven. Well, I just, I didn't want, here's the thing. I was actually wor- wondering about the Chris, but I thought I'd ask about Steven first. <laughs> just, just so, just sort uh, of yeah. throw off the scent as it were. <laughs> I, Steven, I, I, I was almost 100% sure it was you. Was I 100% sure? Um, maybe not, but probably yes. I'm a man of mystery and you'll never know for sure. So Chris, thank you for watching. Um, how are things? Also, Steven, (laughs) 
Um, Steven says, it's the Steven, Steven is in all caps, who yeah. mailed you some of the equipment you needed to, for example, not constantly run out of batteries. For uh, for those listeners just tuning in, that was uh, something that sometimes would happen when we would record the show before the live streaming days as Paul's recorder would run out of batteries. Hey, is that... Okay. <clears throat> Remember Steven? those days? We are on episode 312, after all. Steven, you have to know this. I must tell you. I thought that you just gave me batteries, and I was like, oh, this is nice. Steven gave me batteries. <laughs> what a weird gift, but appreciated. So I apologize yeah. for that. We are we are hostile towards our towards our listeners. Also, I hundreds of episodes ago. I have a I have a a sneaking suspicion and I'll just say this. The name on the package led me to believe that it was perhaps from Steven. That is all I am saying. Not because not because Steven's name was on it, but because the name that was on the package seemed to be a fun pun that someone like Stephen McCandless might have McCandless might have thought of. This is all I'm saying. Am I having a stroke? No. But, but are there any unusual smells in your in your pod? Well, here's the thing. I think that Steven was actually the one who hypothesized that maybe my memory problems were were because I was having microstrokes. And I forget oh, really? what microstrokes were. Yeah, there would be ter- periods of time where I wouldn't remember like short things. Um interestingly enough, uh DID has that as one of the criteria, but as we've stated before, I <clears throat> I do not believe that I have multiple personalities, but it's possible that if I do, they're all just named Paul. Yeah. And we share information between each other. So that's possible. I've started to, to label the me that seems to remember everything as the conductor based off of Doom Patrol, obviously, Driver 8 and all that, so that Jennifer will ask sometimes, am I talking to the conductor right now? And this is true. If I go, what are you talking about? Then we know that I'm not exactly paying attention. But if I go, uh, yes. If I know what the conductor is, then I know that I'm paying attention. I get stupid sometimes. This is the thing. It's like flowers for Algernon, Ben. I get stupid and forgetful sometimes. And it's frightening to me because I don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, if you if you drink alcohol, I would say that that would be a uh, you know a contributing factor. But I don't. But you don't. Yeah. I don't know. I just finished watching the third season of Doom Patrol, and that actually the whole multiple personalities and there being a, like a conductor w- played heavily into the yeah. storyline for one of the characters. Yeah, that's that's the yeah, this is what I'm saying. That's uh, Jane. Yeah, Jane. from Doom Patrol, uh, which is Fan a character Guerrero. created by Grant Morrison. For Doom Patrol. Yeah. So, very cool. Very cool that he's, he's there. Oh, I got Peacock, by the way. Did I tell you that? So that Did Jennifer could watch the Olympics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jennifer a... is a fan of the Olympics. And the human rights abuses of the country of China. She can't get enough <laughs> I of them. saw this really absurd picture where there was like this downhill slope of uh, that's like white powder. It looks beautiful. And it's right next to like these nuclear cooling towers. 
You know, it looks like at the Winter Olympics are just slotted right into this, you know, apocalyptic wasteland. Well, Ben, I will tell you, I, I think that you know this already, but one of the things that I like are, I like brutalist architecture. I like factories in the middle of forests. I like that juxtaposition. I Before find it we go, aesthetically pleasing. We're getting we're getting a little short on time here, but so so I have to ask. This is actually a request come from the comments. I wanna I need to ask you, um, what do you think about the socks? Socks. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so here's an interesting thing. I bought a box of socks for myself, and I was surprised when another box of socks appeared. And <laughs> therefore, here's the thing. Um, I, the socks I bought for myself are one size and the other box has two sizes and therefore all three members of our family now have the same pair of socks. And that's pretty (laughs) awesome. I, you know, as long as we're talking about socks, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to promote the brand of socks that I'm wearing. I took my shoe off. They're called, I don't know. I don't know if they're just called weatherproof. These are the most comfy socks I've ever worn. My sister gave them to me for, uh, for Christmas. Oh. And uh, I think I think I have like five pairs. I look forward to putting them on every morning. I'll tell you what. What are they called again? Well, the bottom says weatherproof. I'm not quite sure if that's a brand name or if they're just so like weatherproof socks. Everybody, go or out. Or if they're just yeah, they're find out from your sister so that we can we can share that with the people anyway. so that they also know. Yeah, and maybe they'd like to be a sponsor. Uh, this uh, episode of the Good Lovers Podcast is brought to you by Weatherproof Socks. No, it's not. But brought to you by Weatherproof Socks. Weatherproof Socks. That's not our name. <laughs> Weatherproof Socks. How did you get this number? <laughs> Weatherproof Socks. <laughs> Keep the car running. I'll only be a minute. <laughs> um, so we're still we're still going. We're still we still have a little bit of time, Ben. For sure. Um, yeah. So hey, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, update for the PS5 came out. And it's really good. I like it a lot. But Blade Runner 2099 has been announced. What? Who's going to be in it? Uh, I have no idea. I just saw uh, that, that it's a thing that might happen. I'm excited <clears throat> to find out more. Here's, I just finished watching a- uh, Peacemaker, which is on uh, HBO Max. I enjoyed Peacemaker. Oh, and, okay, uh, good. And uh, our actually, our friend Chris Haddad uh, posted on Facebook something that I that I had been thinking for a while. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, hair metal, uh, Nor- I think their Norwegian hair metal group Wigwam is pretty stoked that James Gunn picked one of their songs for the theme song because uh, it is catchy AF, and I have bought it from iTunes. Oh, and put it wow. on my phone. Very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure I'll probably see it at some point in time. I'm still finishing Archive 81, which is based off of a podcast. I never listened to the podcast, but I like the series. Um, and it's one of those things where the very similar to The Cell, if you ever saw The Cell. Um, yeah. The idea of it isn't that revolutionary, but the execution of it is very good. And I think I prefer that sometimes. Good execution versus, you know, have you what seen the story is exactly. Station Eleven? I have seen Station Eleven. Have you seen it? I have not, but but Cole uh, Cole told me I need to watch it. 
So I yeah, watch it's it. really good. It's really and now good. that I finished Peacemaker, I have a actually Space Force has uh, Space Force season two just landed on Netflix today, so I'll pr- I'll be watching that. I haven't seen Space Force season one yet. Um, I enjoyed it. It's fun watching John uh, Malkovich just go full camp. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll I'll say this: Station Eleven is probably one of the better formats of the miniseries that I've seen. Like better u- best uses of the mini. Uh, series format it's yeah. really good it's really good uh yeah steven says he was thinking of restarting cyberpunk now that they've got the major patch out and chris says archive 81 was awesome hey chris i agree with you and steven you definitely should uh cyberpunk 2077 the the okay i'll just give you an example so i'm running a character that has 20 cool now i, I put all of my points in cool just to see what what it was like and uh, when you throw a knife, now you get the knife back. It shows up in your inventory again after a certain period of time. Uh, nice. Which, yeah, it's it's a what what was it? Uh, uh, Paul Hogan brought in <clears throat> to assess knife details or something to that. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. Paul but, Hogan brought in to assess: Is this a knife? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Paul Hogan brought in to brought in for murder weapon identification. There you go, something to that effect. So yeah, right. yeah, it's worth. It. I'd say Stephen, it's worth it. If you liked playing it when it was broken, it crashed once, uh, and I was surprised that it did uh, when Jennifer was playing it. I played it like, you know, eight hours straight or whatever with no breakage. Um, but yeah, if you liked it when it was broken, you'll love it when it's fixed is yeah. what I would say. And, uh, I know it's fun to keep going, but we should probably, uh, wrap this up. There's a rental oh, yeah. here and oh, they, shit. oh, uh, I mean, ha ha, put it right no, there at the end. No, then. they're not here, but the, the stage manager does show up early sometimes. So I don't want to okay. be, cause I am in the house, so yes. I don't want to be here when they want to do stuff. Well, so well, then um, I, I really want you to keep it wrong, man. As as uh, for as long as you can until I see yeah. you again. Keep it wrong. And actually, I'm gonna uh, uh, say, Paul, why don't you, uh, when we're done here, just go back to the go to the YouTube channel and check out the chatter on the on the uh, on the uh, the tech on the text on the chat uh, uh, I, because I've, it's quite a I, bit. I wasn't able to relay all of it because uh, I uh, never go to bit, the YouTube channel. Oh, this will be do I don't know it. How I feel. Okay. Do it. Episode three twelve. All right. Uh, right. Chris, uh, yeah, Chris, Stephen, thanks for joining us. Yeah, uh, hey, hey, Chris and Stephen, thank you so much. And and Chris, I'll guess you first next time, if <laughs> if I remember. See, you weren't talking to the conductor this time. This is the problem. This is what I'm talking about, Ben. Ah, uh, I gotcha. All, all right, right so keep it wrong, Paul. Talk to you later. Keep it wrong, Ben. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.